Hello, everybody. Welcome to another podcast at Trek No Babble. This is Matthew. And this is Kevin. And we are going to do Star Trek Voyager Season 5, Episode 23, Relativity. Um, you know, this is following up a bit on Future's End, right? Where the yeah. time ship Relativity and Captain Braxton made an appearance. Of course, Braxton was played by a different actor uh, in... Rel- or not relativity in future's end. Then he is here, and, he, and the guy playing him now is one of those bat guys. Yeah, and I think he definitely works. I mean, we'll see him as he as he does his thing. Um, I remember as a, a first run, really enjoying this. Mm. Um, you know, let, look, it's time travel, right? And time travel stories always have potential wrinkles. So the question, I guess, remains to see a wrinkle in time, if you will. Sure. Uh, you know, that one really didn't do much time traveling, though. It just was really more like warping space. Anyhow, uh, it seems to me that the best time travel stories tend to focus on characters and how they're impacted, as opposed to the mechanics of time travel, because the mechanics get inherently sort of difficult, right? Because they're at the whim of the writer, there's no stakes, like... Time time travel has always functioned in the precise manner, no more, no less, than the story required. Yeah, and Star Trek has been inconsistent with respect to its vision of what time travel is. And we'll talk about that as the episode goes on. So the question, I guess, for me, reflecting on it more seriously than just like, ooh, this is cool, haha, I like it. Which I'm sure that's where I was at when I was, you know, like... 18 or whatever I was when this came out. <laughs> you know, even picturing you as an eight-year-old, I still see like a like a, a sober connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's. There's a G whiz factor, and I'm sure we're going to enjoy it on that level. Yeah. The question is, how does it hold up, and how does it move the characters forward? Uh, so everybody should get their media ready, uh, whether it's online or on disc, and we will all press play in. Three, two, one, press play. Okay, so this is this is easily one of the best shots in the entire series. Like it's Utopia Planitia Shipyards. And right? it just looks amazing. Like even now I'm watching it on my HD screen um, of a standard definition show, it looks gorgeous. Like the panning shots of the Galaxy Class Starships, the There's two Galaxy yeah, Class. Like it is it is just a gorgeous um, scene. Here's an admiral who definitely seems like he's going to turn evil at some point. Um, okay, my one criticism of when Voyager goes back in time, and I... This happened a little bit in All Good Things, where they couldn't get the hair... To, to borrow a phrase from Unification, you didn't get the hair quite right. The color is wrong, and the bun is wrong. I appreciate the effort, though. Oh, no, no, they, they tried, and I just want... I, and I'm sure... Because wasn't it at some point was like some a lot of that was Kate Walker's hair because Kate Walker at the time had long hair didn't yeah. she like I think yeah. it was like it was like a fall probably it was probably like a piece in her own hair as opposed to an entire wig from the height of this which has given me school arm I think this is a whole wig over her now yeah. shorter hair it was a li- little bit tighter in season one I think that's definitely true I'm gonna pu- I'm gonna pull up a picture see if I can. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I really appreciate um, seeing Voyager as a solely Starfleet ship. 
I think what would have really sold this for me is if they had gotten some of the crew members that were oh, killed. Oh, like Stadi or um, the first officer? Yeah, exactly. Or the doctor guy, right? You know, like, stuff like that really would have put me over the top as far as, you yeah. know, like, fan nerd service. But this is still pretty fan service nerd stuff uh, in terms of showing us Utopia Planitia, you know, giving us time. She's wearing a tricorder, which I found kind of interesting. Of course, it's going to come into play. Uh, it's Chekhov's tricorder, I suppose. They give us a moment of her trying out her chair for the first time. Yeah, Kevin has a picture, and it's definitely a tighter bun in season one. Maybe she just tightened it up because she wanted to be more authoritative mm. or something. I like this. I like that you can see the scaffolding of the construction bay that Voyager is in in the window, as well as like one in the distance, like. It's that, like, the Okudas earned their paycheck today. Yeah, and then the Admiral also looks out the window. They're talking about Chakotay, talking about catching him in the Badlands, so it's all good continuity. And then, of course, we're getting the drop of the Paris idea, right? Yeah. Which, of course, was a big... Was that the first scene we saw Janeway in, in Voyager? I think it was, walking in Australia in the, the penal colony to pick up Tom Paris. Hmm. Maybe. Anyhow, I appreciate... I mean, I've always been a big Paris guy. I like Paris. Uh, so, one thing that you think about with a, a, a show is how good the teaser is, right? Yeah. And it's like, even if, nothing, even if Seven of Nine had not shown up in yeah. the teaser, I still would have been interested, you know? And that's a good. That's yeah, a, it's yeah. like it's a very tight button yeah. on the teaser. It's like, wait a minute, she's not supposed to be there. Yeah, we're, we're watching this on Netflix, and Netflix just introduced my one of my favorite features, skip intro, because it always annoyed the hell out of me on the DVDs when hitting chapter forward would skip you past the end of the titles. Well, uh, that was the fault of whoever programmed the chapter. Mm. Um, so, well done, Netflix. Um, my one complaint, and I'll make it now since we have some time uh, while we watch the titles together, um, my <laughs> complaint with the eventual plan is that they think disguising Seven's ocular implant constitutes a disguise. Like, like we're not going to recognize this like statuesque, stunningly attractive blonde woman that I just because she now has a thing on her eyebrow. It's like, you could have at least made her a brunette. <laughs> well... This actually does get into some of the questions as far as time travel goes. So the, the relativity, the ship itself, has this fabulous equipment that can, you know, take them to any place in any time, which is practically godlike. And I think it would do us well to examine what that would actually do to a civilization, which doesn't happen in this episode. But, but the, the picture that we're given is that things that happen in prior timelines are noticed and can be recalled by people in future timelines. Right. Because we're given this thing where Janeway comes across this chronoton flux or whatever, of mm -hmm. 0 .003, you know, who knows, right? And she remembers it, right? Which means she should be able to remember, like you say, this absolutely stunning blonde... When she then shows up later, right. several years it's later, like, it's like, wait a minute, you wait. were at Utopia Planitia. Right, right. 
you know, and I have to say, removing all the Borg shit from her really underscores what a just like striking woman Jerry Ryan. I mean, I, mean, I met Jerry Ryan once. God had ten, had, oh my God, is it twenty years ago now? <laughs> um, world, world. Um, and she is a. It's no less affecting in person. She is a. She is. She really hit a genetic lottery. Um, she's also a very nice person and a good actress. But seriously, ridiculously attractive. Like she, her face is arrested. She looks great <laughs> in the blue. Yeah, uh, uniform yeah. Too, by the way. Uh, so we're gonna get a little doctor joke, which is always nice here. I like when they. It's it's a really it's a testament to Robert Picardo to have him go back and do yeah. early Doctor versus later Doctor. He has more of a dead, vacant expression, yeah. and his his tones are much harsher. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a, a great job. And, you know, of course, his personality could use some work, which, I mean, that's funny stuff. I don't know why. I thought this was too much of a retread of the of the joke of using the doctor in first contact, like I don't know, it just felt like a similar button of showing us a pre-evolved yeah, doctor. That didn't bug me. And here comes Joe Carey. Oh, Joe Carey! <laughs> <laughs> this show does have a thing about torturing its Irishman. Well, I mean, it's especially torturous because. You know, I don't think he's going to show up again after this episode until season seven, when he, where they kill him. Yeah, like one day before they get home. Right. He was one day from retirement, basically. Uh, and here he's just going to get shot down by you know seven of nine. The, the uniform really brings out her eyes. Like yeah, it is a, it's a, it's yeah. <laughs> when they do some facial close-ups when she's in the Jeffries tube, it's it's really striking. And it really goes to show how kind of dumb the board shit is on her. Uh, I wish they had phased that out sooner and gotten her into a uniform sooner. I, well, under the, she's also like like that's not just the heels. Like she she is actually tall. Like in, I mean, in comparison to people around her, at least um, that's got to be a three inch chunky heel though. Yeah. Well, assumably everyone else is wearing a three inch heel, um, but. Uh, I, I, I am in the Counselor Troy school of uniforms are better than non-uniforms in this environment. If only also, because I think it gives you like a real chance to like play with the outfits when they're not in uniform. That was my one complaint about TNG. Everyone seemed to recreate in their uniform. Yeah. Like the first thing I do when I get home is change into something not a suit. Well, to be, to be fair, casual wear in TNG was not at the height of fashion. It's true. I have to say like Riker practically wore a muumuu. You know, Captain Picard would wear like jaunty, off kilter, <laughs> plunging v neck jeans, blazer, uh, whoever. The, yeah, yikes. Um, she has a future tricorder, which is a nice touch. It's just a little clue. We don't know quite what she's up to right yeah. now. Um, I mean, look at that. She's stunning. With the I mean, lighting, I don't too. mind I mean, the eyebrow arch piece, but I, I, I suppose I take your point. It is fun when we see her completely out of makeup, like in uh, Killing Game. Well, she doesn't have the thing on her uh, she, the corner of her jaw either, and it really just shows you that she actually has. And she's got the cheekbones, she's got the jawline, she's got. I'm, I will say, I do find each of 
cuter when he has like the little <laughs> nose bridge. It's like the Bajoran nose. Okay. Well, and you know, oddly, when we see Roxanne Dawson out of makeup, it's like, oh. it's like slightly jarring. Like <laughs> she's an attractive woman. Don't get me wrong, but she's like more attractive as a half Klingon. Okay, so the mechanics of the story. Somebody has placed this doodad on, on the ship. A MacGuffin, if you will. Well, I mean, it's going to blow up the ship, right? Someone's placed this doodad on the ship, and it somehow phases itself out or something until it's actually useful. And so they need to determine when it was placed because that's the only time when they can actually remove it. Like, they, they can only touch it at the time that it's placed, okay? Or prevent it from right, being placed. Right, right. And so they're, they're finding the thing and then sort of progressively going further and further back to, to find when it was dropped. Right. Okay? There are... I can accept yeah, that, it's, that it's limitation. A, it's a setup. What they do, however, do this sort of artificial limit on the number of times a person can jump, which really strikes me as problematic given the nature of this ship's mission. Right. Like, doesn't the whole ship jump? Does everybody on the ship suffer from temporal psychosis if they jump more than three times? Is it the kind of thing where they have to, like, just go on a one-week cruise and then their career is over? It just... There are questions. I like these actors. I like the uniforms. I have to yeah. say, the uniforms are pretty good. He's doing good hand acting over the con over the control panel. It's like like he's playing a theremin or something. Like I find it very hard to believe that this admiral crawled through that Jeffries. <laughs> One note for the admiral that I did like. I like any time they remind us that Janeway's career arc was scientist. Yeah. So here's the exterior of the relativity. It's interesting. It's got kind of that color shifting foil look. Yeah. Which I presume has something to do with, you know, them like moving through time. Okay, so that is some that is some good fall action. <laughs> Stage fall, yeah. I like the Starfleet insignia, I have to say. The sideways insignia. Yeah. Like these uniforms look now look. I'm gonna say something. And I want you to take it in the spirit it's intended in. Because I love, to pieces, uh, all good things. But the future uniforms in all good things were not good things. Well, they, I mean, they, you were giving everyone a high waist at a period of time in which you don't, you don't, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Here the uniforms are really... They, they're actually similar in like overall design mm -hmm. to, the, to the Voyager uniforms. They have this, you know, sort of bold stripe across the chest, right? Yeah. But then they've got the jaunty, you know, color scheme and the rank insignia on the on the neck and it all just really works for me. Like I it would be a vastly different show if they could travel to any time, any place, all that stuff, yeah. right? But I would watch this show, right? Like it seems like a real place. Yeah, yeah the first officer guy is pretty good. Yeah, I like him. So I guess we're seeing things from Seven's point of view. 
And initially, I think to myself, these don't seem like enhanced org senses. <laughs> this seems worse than human vision. So now we see the eyepiece and the the jaw thingy, and you know, it, it's it's really jarring because yeah. you're like, no, wait, I really liked looking at her in the other other uniform with the other makeup job. So, why is she experiencing this? This is some like sensory aphasia of the of the temporal doodah. But is it her? That, that that's what's kind of baffling me about this. Like the fact that a version of her from the future has been grabbed and moved around. Mm is causing some sort of sensory aphasia in, in her, yeah. slightly past her, right? Ooh. This is like the day that Voyager is going to be destroyed, right? Right, And they grabbed her from near the, 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 the ultimate point of that day, right? It still doesn't look like enhanced vision to me. So, I, like... I'm glad that they're thinking about these things. I just don't think they explain them to quite the level that satisfies me. I guess is what I'm saying. Here's Tom Paris with a octagonal uh, ping pong paddle. I wonder how many times they had to do this take. <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe they just asked who the best ping pong player was and, you know, naturally... Robert Duncan McNeil is the guy. I do love this kind of shipboard life yeah. stuff. Anyway, he's got an octagonal paddle because it's the, the future. future. <laughs> I like that his. she eventually relents and she joins the ping pong match. And I like seeing Seven as a friend yeah. in the crew. I, You know, there are people who are going to approach her and there are people who are going to be put off by her, right? But it's better when she is available to them as opposed to... Oh, okay. The sensory aphasia, I think, is the cause of also the space sickness. Everybody is experiencing off symptoms because of the doodad, yeah. which is you know, going to destroy the ship or, or push them out of their normal whatever, right? And they're, they're going to do some stuff which is very similar to, what's the TNG episode where Picard gets the fingernails and the... Oh, um, Timescape. Yeah, they're going to do some effects here that are very similar to Timescape. They're not really going to show them, with the exception of this ping pong ball that's uh, going to freeze. Um, I will say, Kate Mulgrew's nausea acting was pretty good. Yeah. I don't know if they did makeup differently, like they gave her kind of a pallor, but yeah, she looked really nauseous. So the score is 1918. Uh, seven and Tom. <laughs> it's a nice effect. I think they did a good job mm. with it. Uh, and everybody's doing some pretty good acting here, kind of, you know, looking at it. This guy's peering over her shoulder at the tricorder. order. 
And now it should be 2018, and Neelix is like, well, okay. <laughs> I wonder, I mean, that must have been in the script, right? Because they, they had a specific shot for Yeah, it. yeah. But that's a perfect Ethan Phillips kind of situation. So we've got, I gotta say that graph, graphic isn't the best representation of like disparate time mm. regions on the ship. I think they could have done a better job showing the fracturing or something. It is nice though that they went to astrometrics. He looks pretty nauseous too. <laughs> Classic non-speaking extra oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like, okay, look annoyed, but don't say a word. If you say a word, you're off the show. They definitely did something to her makeup. They put something on her cheeks or something. And some menaces violently ill. I wonder what that blue thing is. The ping pong table is still there, by the way. Now, he doesn't seem that violently ill to me. To me, violently ill is like, like coming out of both ends, yeah. you know, like like norovirus. That's violent. If you've ever had norovirus, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Here is a question that I have. If this computer is in the mess hall, right? How does it? How can it see what time it is in sickbay? And if it can talk to the computers in sickbay, then there isn't the level of distortion that they're talking about, right? It seems like it should be dislocated from sickbay or connected to a sickbay that's also at right, forty-three right. hours. Anyway. Although these scenes are taking us away from the sort of seven drama, I, they kind of work for me. They don't not work. Well, I mean, there's there's good shipboard slices of life. There's showing what the effects of the bad thing are on the crew that we care about, as opposed to just staying with a purely seven or nine story, which could work. But, you know, I, I think this gives good context. I think they stayed here for just the amount of time they needed to stay here. Hmm. That's kind of a Mannheim effect. That was, uh, you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Must be great having a tricorder around whenever you need one. There are many times in my life I think I, I would find a tricorder extremely useful. I kind of wonder why getting close to this thing doesn't make their effects worse. Mm. How do you feel about the design of the doodad? Uh, it, it's like a pinwheel yeah. sort of thing in the bob. It's alright. Distortions are beginning to demolecularize the hull. 
Does that mean just take it apart? <laughs> right, those are words. <laughs> so I like the transporter effect, the time porter effect, but underneath it, it's still the same basic TNG, yeah. uh, you know, twinkle. Those darn consoles flickering. That seems like a design problem. Yeah. It's like when shit's going down seems like precisely the time when you need to actually see the button you're pressing. <laughs> she has excellent memory. Yeah, you know, I think I thought to myself, is this too much? Is this like Wesley? It's like, I remember that from the Algonian ceremonial rhythms, you know? It's like, well, for one thing, I remember that. But for another thing, I think if there were a strange event while you were in space dock and there was a specific number, I th like I feel like that would jog your memory, right? And it doesn't happen instantly. It's, it takes her a second, but it's, it's in her brain because it was when memory is encoded, if it's encoded during a stressful period, yeah. it actually lasts longer, right? Uh, there have been experiments that show this. No time. <laughs> I do like the red alert klaxon being out of phase. This effect is pretty cheap. But the explosion is pretty good. Yeah. The chunks are nice. Alright, so we're back on the relativity. Their view screen is a view screen of just like the timeline or something. I like their bridge. This looks like a realish place. It's kind of small. It's kind of elongated. Yeah. There's a transporter. Like it was clear they. I wonder what they repurposed. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be hilarious if it were the uh, 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 what's his name? Art. Art. No. Artex. Artex. Think. Is that his name? From the Prometheus? No, from from uh, Peter Pell. Oh, Anorax. Anorax. I wanted to say our, like Artax. I'm like, that's the horse from Neverending Story. So far, she's been quite useful. She's been recruited twice. So this limit seems to be for an individual iteration of a person. That's a nice diagram, I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, this is a really big ship to have all these vital pieces of machinery in one room. Yeah. <laughs> it would almost make sense if this were like a outpost as opposed to a ship, you know? Species 329. I would really like to know what the Borg new number system means. Are the Borg species one? Or like the original species? Maybe they're species zero. Well, that's a good question. Not really. <laughs> if necessary. But this will be the third time you're going to be removed from your time frame. It's, I feel like this was... You might experience sensory aphasia, which they mentioned. So what's being indicated to me here mm -hmm. is that seven of nine exists as a space-time worm, if you if you know what my meaning here, right? Uh, she, she, her, her being has a path 
through the four-dimensional space-time, right? And removing her from that path too many times alters the entirety of that being along that time path through four-dimensional space-time. If you, if you take her out too many times, she gets messed with. All of Seven of Nine from her birth to her yeah. death. All right, I will say I like the little dedication plaque in the background. It's a detail I just noticed on this my like fifth viewing. I it's glass too, which is interesting. But you will notice their control panels are not glass, suspended with lights behind them, so you can't see shit. <laughs> so they've put the glass in a good place, not in a functionally unbelievably stupid place anyhow enough about Abrams verse and Star Trek Discovery he trusts Captain Braxton's instincts just as much as you trust Captain Janeway's so I, I do like this actor in the role he's definitely get, at by the way, they all have triangular sideburns again in the 29th century. Nice detail. I don't think the Voyager crew has triangular sideburns. And I don't think the TNG crew did either. So it's a fashion that came back from the 23rd century to the 29th. I'm trying to imagine if some 600-year-old fashion came into vogue again for us. Like cod pieces. Chokers or something. <laughs> Wearing birds in our hair. Well, <laughs> treating women like properties apparently back in vogue. Hmm. Not that I ever really know why. I guess that's true. Certain things are coming back into fashion. <laughs> Just not necessarily clothing. So we're setting up a bit of a... We're, we're, we're talking about the previous story. Yeah. You didn't ask for help. You you, 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 you showed up and demanded that she allow you to destroy the ship. Yeah. Which I guess indicates that, you know, he's... His people skills could use some work. Well, that he is suffering at least from some... I don't, I'm not going to say delusions, but some sort of misapprehensions yeah. as to his role in things and the way he's being perceived. Which fits with what we're going to find out, right? They gave her the future phaser, you know? Oh, yeah. That that's that always struck me as a bad idea. Yeah. If she's supposed to integrate. Yeah. 21 Alpha Prime. I like a little piece of acting, touching her brow without the... Yeah. Like, she packed a lot into that. That was, that was well done. I like the notion that they find exactly the right time to sort of beam her in. Mm -hmm. You know, no one's in the hallway. Like, that that's that's good time travel stuff. Yeah. Right? I do like the new tricorder. It's like, like, it's about the size and composition of, like, my Samsung phone. Yeah, I actually, it's like a Samsung Galaxy tricorder. <laughs> Which, if they ever sold one, like, normally I grip a little when it gets time to pay $1,000 for a new phone. If Samsung came up with, like, a real tricorder, I'd be like, take my money. <laughs> okay, 
Again, it is questionable that no one notices yeah. this person they've never seen before. And also, I, I think even uh, Roxanne Dawson is giving, like, there's a, a pitch to her yelling that's different. Like, it's, like, literally higher in pitch. You like, see, it takes Janeway several seconds to, like, jog her memory, right? But you're right. Yeah. Absolutely right about Roxanne Dawson. Yeah, like, she, she's acting more like season one, two. She's below. more insecure. She's a little more shouty. Yeah. It's got more surface anger. Yeah. It hasn't sublimated quite as much. I wonder if they did all these Jeffrey's Tube takes in one day. Well, you would hope. <laughs> I mean, good God. <laughs> Reminds me of a story about uh, Dolly Parton on the set of 9 to 5. She learned the entire script, including parts not hers, because she thought you filmed a movie like you do a play, like you just do it in order. So, and, like, Yeah. Find that story impossibly charming. I think it makes a certain amount of sense, though, to understand the story. Oh yeah, yeah. Are. No, I, I'm also charmed by just how what a lovely, hardworking person Tolly Parton is. That's you know, not relevant to the episode, but. <laughs> I want to go back and take a look at season two, Tom Paris, and see if uh, they gave him a little uh, <laughs> upkeep up top. Well, they, they're styling his hair differently. They're giving him sort of the, the sweep instead of the Caesar. Yeah. But he has lost a bit of hair in the meantime. So I wonder if they'll just not dwell on his face for very long. <laughs> Everybody has stayed in pretty good trim, though, I'll say. Man, she is striking. <laughs> I mean, her eyes, they look huge compared to her face, too. And the beast on lips, and just... <laughs> That's speaking, of, speaking of beast on lips, first officer there is not, not doing too bad for himself. <laughs> I have a thing for, for, for pasty efficient nerds. Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely got the handsome nerd quality. I stand corrected. See, if she recognizes her now... Now, in like a year... She should recognize... Now, especially after this, right? It's like, right. I've seen you twice, bitch. Now you're here again? Well, yeah. We're just putting you straight in the brig. I mean, though, apparently they harmonize the... I mean, it's it's such a, like... Is MacGuffin the... It's such a deus ex machina where they can just be like, oh, we've, we've taken care of those problems. That's literally a deus ex machina. <laughs> They have a machine that fixed that problem. <laughs> She's Borg. Apparently the Borg signature has been loaded into the track where... Did you say Borg? See, now this is an interesting scene because it's kind of an inversion right. of... All of the prior, right, when right. you liberated me from the collective, so. right? And I have to say, this is—I was thinking about this when we were uh, setting this up and picking an episode to review. Um, I th there's an emotional core in the episode of watching Seven have to get Janeway to trust her on a much faster time scale than than she did the first time around. Yeah, um, and that's interesting because it, it, it does give a little urgency and interest to Seven's work because it's like a interesting perforation of her of her experience. Well, and it's a credit to the episode that they don't just make Janeway trust her immediately. Yeah. 
you know, she's a smart woman. And she's got the captain's concern yeah. of steel. <laughs> and Captain Braxton is not having it, right? Yeah. Like, he doesn't want more information, which totally makes sense from their perspective, right? She pulled her phaser out. Like most time paradoxes, it's implausible, but not necessarily illogical. When you take me from the board, <laughs> she's like, I know this works. I'm going to try this again. <laughs> and you see Janeway's eyes start to move back and forth, and you'll know she's won. <laughs> the tight shot that launched a thousand pieces of slash fiction. <laughs> Fugit. I'm supposed to say that. <laughs> There's a bit of that color shifting hollow foil look on the interior of the future tricorder. Yeah. Here comes the next big twist. Bum bum bum. Captain Braxton. <laughs> they put him in the most evil lighting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think his motivation makes a certain amount of sense. You know, he went through a tough time yeah. in 1990s Earth, or 60s through 90s Earth, which that would be a tumultuous time huh? for someone from the 29th century to be inhabiting. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> granted, maybe now would be worse, but we'll see. Uh, let me complete our mission. Listen very carefully. The circumstances of your life are going to change in the next few years. So it's like he wasn't truly rehabilitated and somehow he's going to suffer a backslide, which I'm, I'm okay with that, yeah. right? You know, it's, it, you know, human psychology is, is a very difficult thing, right? And he went through a, a traumatic experience. So maybe he had, you know, some serious recurrence of whatever psychological symptoms there are. Um, What is that? The temporal invert is that is that from uh, Year of Hell? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I think I think it's one of those like 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 giving you a list of things. Yeah. If you want to do future, if you're in the future and talk about scientists, you say Newton, Einstein, and a fake one. <laughs> okay. This is a problem area of the of the story for me. That the first officer is going to imprison Captain Braxton for a crime. And he has a phaser there at his desk. He's going to imprison Captain Braxton for a crime he's going to commit. And Braxton's right. Yeah. I haven't done anything. You know? That's like me from years from now. Or at least right. also, weeks or like, Was this supposed to be like one of those, um, what's the word? Like, like paradoxes where like by taking out Braxton for doing the thing, it makes him do the thing. You know what I mean? Now, if they had said that, I would appreciate this takeover more. Right? Yeah. 
right now, it seems like, okay, I would understand if he said, you know what? Things are in flux here, and we don't know when you're going to form this plan. So we need you to recuse yourself from command decisions for a while. You know, yeah. we're, we're going to revoke your clearances. You know, you'll be confined to quarters. But, you know, maybe it'll all work out, right? Yeah. The, the way they made it was that it was just like, you're under arrest for crimes you're going to commit. Right? Yeah. And that, that was a little too far for me. Yeah. So now we're back to the Utopia Planitia scene. Well, what did she hit there? Was that the wall? That wasn't his shoulder, I don't think. No, I think she missed him. Apparently, she's experiencing sensory aphasia. Uh, you know, or he's got precognitive skills at dodging phaser blasts. But... Um, here, see, she's still experiencing it, right? Yeah. But despite this sensory aphasia, she's going to pull off some crack shots here. Actually, after her next jump. He's gone five years ahead. Like, this seems like a... Like, shouldn't she be dead now? Mm. Or is it just... Okay, wait. The reason that the seven in the Boreal Cove was experiencing aphasia was because of the doodad, not because of the jumping. The Possible. Reason, the reason she's experiencing the aphasia now is because of the jumping. And so she's like on her absolute limit for jumping. Now. Right now. But now look at these crack shots. Boom. Right in the chest. And now, boom. Right in the phaser. <laughs> That's like William Tell shit. Well, also, not not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but um, by sending this seven off to chase Braxton, it means she's not going to get picked up by the Temporal Time agents to go do all this in the first place. Well, no, this is seven after Purple Seven. Yeah, but what I'm saying is... Like, oh, by sending Purple Seven. Right, by sending the Seven playing ping pong after Braxton right now, she's not going to then be picked up by yes. the... So, like, yes. assuming time is linear in any well, so, way. So that's that's the the question that is raised but just in the confines of this episode. Yeah. Is there one timeline that is being changed, or are there now, like, offshoots that will be eliminated or reintegrated or whatever right because you're absolutely right you know having busty seven chase braxton means she's not there to be picked up no i'm wrong we have met even though you look different because you were played by a different actor i don't mind it it's not a big deal and the actor is putting in a good performance. Yeah, voice. yeah. Yeah, it's like capacitive touch interface where they can sort of wave their... I mean, I will say, a lot of the design actually does remind me of Anorax's ship. Mm. Well, you having... Okay, okay, I'm sorry. That was one time pun too many. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm throwing up a yellow card. He's been, he's been saving that one for a while. 
No. Like, are they using up one of Janeway's jumps here? Like, if... Uh, but it's it's not actually the future, like, because they're actually inhabiting the same time frame? Where Where is she being translated to? The time trip relativity. When is she being transported yeah. to, I guess, is the question. Right? Why are they holding Braxton here? On the bridge. Because the ship has one room. <laughs> Your time frame, of course. Now, Kate Mulgrew's <laughs> performance here yeah, yeah. is what basically eliminates any of the nagging questions I have. <laughs> you know, because look, there are things that would irritate me, and I'm a nitpicker by nature, but that look on her face. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it kind of hangs a lampshade on it. It's like, you know what? Even if you don't get an explanation of it all, You've had fun. Yeah, yeah. You know you've had fun, audience. And Janeway's having fun, and Seven is having fun, and overall it was it was diverting yeah. and entertaining. Let me get this straight. <laughs> but you already have him. And there's a third one in our brig, and we will reintegrate them all. What? What? For the trial? What? When uh, when is this crime be uh, this crime won't be committed for years? <laughs> Let's get started before my headache gets any worse. Good, I agree. They gave her the future phaser too. They should have redone her hair. Yeah, you know. No, I think they make a joke about it though. So I love her reaction here. Use your best judgment. She does at least hide the yeah. future phaser. And I guess she has a future tricorder, yeah. too. See, I would, like, pop that in the replicator and then <laughs> stash it for myself later. I love this look on her face. <laughs> <laughs> It's like hearing yourself in a tape recorder. Yeah, or yeah. I don't think they actually make a joke about the hair. Could have sworn they did. Maybe I'm thinking of like a book where with time travel. Come here often? <laughs> He's like, no, this is my first time. I don't know how I feel about the color shifting. I don't know how I feel about the design. Like, it doesn't feel... Like, I'm obviously not expecting ship design to remain contiguous for another 500 years, but... I would have liked a wink and a nod to Starfleet. It's design. very manta ray yeah. kind of looking. You'll be reintegrated with the other seven of nine. So what about all the prior jumps that caused the like? If we're reintegrating this one who is sick. What about the one who's dead? Are they just going to keep her corpse around? Yeah. Uh. Well, how can you tell her to do that? He, <laughs> he, he knows precisely what time travels she didn't, didn't do. So unless history, unless his, his, unless her history records him telling her that, so he's just fulfilling a role, what is that advice supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, now that we've reached the, uh, the the end of the episode, 
I think it is funny. I think it is charming. I think it is. It bear. It, it's one of those like it's not as bad as say rascals. It's maybe not as charming as rascals in its way, but it's like it's one of those you do have to shut your brain off for the str- for for the details of the plot. Like if you're going to enjoy yourself, you're just going to have to let some stuff go from the jump. Well, so I get where you're coming from. For me, when I watch this, I'm trying to figure it out with my Trek brain. Yeah. Right? And two-thirds of the way in, you're like, I don't think they're going to wrap this up in a neat little bow. I don't think there's going to be a solution that explains all this. And so then it's the fact that there's that scene with Janeway at the end that sort of rescues it from just being irritating. Yeah, yeah. But it was fun the whole time, you know? And so... If they hadn't had that scene, what would I think about this episode? I guess is one question for myself, right? Like, I would like it less. Yeah, well, I think it shows the writers know what they're doing. It's like, it it, 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 it definitely cements its role as this episode was a bit of a lark. Yeah. So, yeah, like, it, it's, a, it's a middling time travel story. Yeah. Um, it's got some of the elements... It doesn't hang together in the way that yesterday's Enterprise, which is far simpler, of course, yeah. does. Uh, or even parallels, yeah. let's say. Yeah. Uh, which is probably just as complicated. But the episode focuses, spends more time... Just on one character. Yeah, uh, and interactions and reactions and consequences. So, yeah. Um, it's a huge can of worms. Yeah, totally. That is opened and abandoned. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, okay, here's the future where the Federation has godlike time travel powers. They can snatch anybody from any moment in history, and this doesn't just destroy humanity somehow. You know? How? Why? Where? When? <laughs> Who? You know? Like there's there's a lot of questions. I, I agree. Um, <laughs> I mean that's a, it's well acted. Jerry Ryan does a great job, Kate Mulgrew does a great job. Yeah, I mean, the Jerry Ryan performance is excellent, and the Kate Mulgrew performance is excellent, and everybody else, you know, I thought Tom Paris had some good Tom Parisy stuff, um, and I like the guest actors a lot, too. I thought both Anorax, not Anorax, <laughs> Catherine <laughs> Braxton, and his first, they both have an X in the name, uh, and the first officer did a great job. Um, so, look, as far as writing goes, I mean, the writing is probably, like, three-ish, but the acting to me is definitely four-ish. And the production values. Like, I was tickled by Utopia Planitia. Yeah, yeah. I was tickled by past versions of characters. I was tickled by the relativity. So, you know, it's that's kind of four-ish for me, too, on the production value. I guess that. Um, I think in the balance, I think this is still... Oh, God, it's tough. Like, I feel like I'm in that place... I, I'm, I'm in my head making a lot of the same back-and-forth arguments that I made about uh, Rascals, where it's like, the plot is weak. The acting's good. And it's charming. It's delightful. <sighs> Do I want to say... I don't think the plot is weak. I think the plot... It's certainly under... It's got good character stories. Yeah, it's just, it's not... No, look, it's not deeply... It's It raises some profound questions and does not in any way answer them. Yes. So I think the character stories work. The time travel story is wanting. 
the Braxton story works, the Seven of Nine story works, the Janeway story works. They all work, you know. Mm-hmm. But the time travel story is riddled with holes. <laughs> so, for me, overall, this is a four. I think this is really fun. No, yeah. It has to, I mean, it has to be fun. No, yeah, I, I, I'll, I will, I will agree with the four. I, I just, I'm, I'm like rolling around the word saying I'm going to give this a three and I can't bring myself to do it. Like, it is, it is charming as hell. Jerry Ryan's of a light and Utopia the Tanisha was, was a gift. So, yeah, I'll agree with the four. A five is off the table. Yeah, yeah. Like, Too many holes for a five. There are five episodes where they, they wrap everything up in a nice tidy bow and things make sense and big stuff has happened, but there are no giant cans of worms left, you know, unexplored. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I mean, what are some of our time travel episodes that we can compare this to? You've got City on the Edge of Forever, right? Which is, at its heart, a love story. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And the time travel stuff generally works. It's got fewer holes than this, in part because it's a function of the Guardian of Forever. Right. right? It's like they can't replicate the Guardian now, it is interesting when they go back in yesteryear in the animated series that the Guardian is, like, just available for research or something. Right. Which is a big can of worms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and especially if you can go change shit, right? It seems like the Guardian, as the name implies, should be like, no. Right. You will not go back and change that because I am guarding forever. To be fair, how did McCoy get through hopped up on drugs? Yeah. Pretty weak guarding. Um, Well, I mean, he was, what, (laughs) two million years old? Something like that. So... Probably needed to be rebooted. (laughs) Those those software updates. Then you've got, you know, Yesterday's Enterprise, which is an alternate timeline story. Yeah. Right? It doesn't really involve time travel, per se. It involves... An anomaly that changes time, and the people in that timeline yeah. want well, to think, change it back to something else because okay, of the perceptions so of one. We'll person. always have Paris involved a very similar effect, <laughs> um, but that was more of a MacGuffin. It was just like dangerous scientists doing dangerous things. Yeah, I mean the man, the Mannheim effect is actually like the weapon here. Yeah, I not would like the solution. Yeah, I would say Timescape is probably closest. I mean, with Timescape, it was all about fractures that made things different, and they had to undo the fracturing, right? Yeah. But they weren't traveling around in time to prevent things from happening. It wasn't a paradox time travel yeah. story, yeah. right? Uh, it was a you know altered rate story, which I think is inherently interesting. Yeah. So this is a paradox story, right? And I think it hues to the sort of one master timeline version of time travel stories. There is one timeline. If you change thing X in that timeline, everything going forward will be affected by it. Not that this is an offshoot timeline, which then just the whole like reintegrating people with like what memories will they have? Right. Will they remember all three things when you do that? No, I agree. It, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a mess, and if it weren't so well acted and just kind of just charming to watch, I, I think a three would be 
more definite, but I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll go with a four. All right, well, so that's an eight for relativity. It's a nice return to some quality stuff after we've hit a rough patch in season five, I gotta say. There have been like four or five kind of stinkers in a row. Uh, the, the fight. The fight, you've got the disease, you've got. Uh, I think Tank was okay, right? Could have been better. Could have been better. Juggernaut. Juggernaut. Bored the hell out of it. Yeah. They they hit kind of a... Warhead? Yeah. Warhead it had, at least had a decent character angle. Uh, just, I think... Yeah. But it wasn't great. Yeah. So this is like... Acknowledging all of its faults, I feel like this is getting back to sort of the, the creamy, you know... Yeah. Uh, sugar rush, you know... Like, it, it's a confection, you know... It's not soul nourishing. Yeah. It's more like endorphin creating. Yeah. Yeah. But at least they're doing something. Yeah, no, yeah. Like it was it was a thinner story, or at least a let like they didn't think about the consequences of their story like we normally like them to. And it, that that was papered over by some good acting and some good humor. So yeah, I'm okay. I, I, I agree with that assessment. Alright. An eight for relativity. Um I guess we will catch you soon for another podcast. Yeah, have a good night. Live long and prosper.